Empire. Hello and welcome to another live stream edition of the John Carr Report. Do me a favor, subscribe to the show wherever you do your podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, you're joining us on the live stream, hit that like button, hit that subscribe button, and you can become a member of the show. Go to the Empire Media YouTube homepage, click the word join, find a membership tier that, that you're comfortable with, and there you go. And can, Welcome aboard Angelo Rowe, who has become a YouTube member. Also, you can read my work on ESPN.com. I have a story up now about the Dan Quinn presser, some of the news that came out of there. And of course, you can listen to my guy, Bram Weinstein, on ESPN 630 and the host of the command, excuse me, the play-by-play voice of the commanders. Bram, we have been to a few of these opening pressers for new coaches. I was just counting. This is my eighth one, the new coach presser. This is my eighth one. How many is it for you? Oh, boy. Uh, Well, I was at ESPN when Jay Gruden got hired, so I wasn't at that one. I watched it, but I wasn't at that one, and that means I wasn't at Shanahan either. So uh, let's see. Uh, Dan Quinn Rivera. um, Spurrier. Spurrier. Zorn. uh, (laughs) Joe Gibbs. um, uh, Marty. Six, I think. So I missed. Yeah, I missed two. I just remember, and some of them all stand out for different ways. I do remember you and I leaving the presser after Jim Zorn's opening presser and you saying it's going to be a disaster. And it was because you get that first impression. And that's what it was. You get the first impression for guys like Marty and Gibbs and all these guys. What was your first impression of Dan Quinn today? From today. Uh, I thought he hit all the high notes. Um, you know, I want, I was, you know, I, I listen, I'm like elephant in the room is like, obviously the decision to hire him didn't land exactly, you know, with some of the fan base really we talked about this a week ago and, you know, it's kind of persisted in every interview I've done anywhere else, like has, has at least included a question about that, which, you know, I don't want to revisit all of it. I think they made a decision for who they thought was their best leader. Um, and Honestly, if you listen to today, it kind of hit a lot of the high notes. Like, I really liked how introspective he was about Atlanta and said, I am a different person than I am then. I did this. He described it as I did a 360 on myself after, you know, it went down the way it did. He was dying to do this again and reprove it. He calls himself wiser now. Um, And, you know, he talked about, I'm going to stay in my lane. I want to do my job. You know, like, which is kind of the alignment that everyone's been talking about, the structure. There's there's no stepping on anybody's toes. And um, I, I thought he hit a lot of the high notes. And, you know, we're going to be explosive. We're going to be physical. Great. Are we going to be a, a defense that turns the ball over, you know, again? Great. You know, like, there's a lot of, there was a lot there that I really liked. And I thought, I really thought he really came off very positively to me today. The way I described to somebody there was not flashy, but a lot of substance. Yes. I think there's a lot of substance to him. And one of the things that, I, first of all, again, people in the league love him. There was somebody on the staff, the the staff that is, that was there the last four years, somebody on that staff who knows they're not going to come back, texted me and told me how much he really likes Dan Quinn. This is, you know what I mean? So like this, 
you know, so for people, I tell you, like this is like the NFL people really like this guy. And you can see why when you when you're around him. I don't know if they're going to have this great run when he's here. I don't know that. There's there's other factors that go into it. But the things that and you talk about introspective, I think he's very – I think re- recalibration is – recalibration is the new culture apparently. But um, – so I think I think like that's – I think he's very forward-looking. I think he's constantly – you know, when you talk to him, when you hear about people from him, looking forward – you know, looking forward to try and improve what he what he can do. And I think that's what this was – this is not Ron Rivera coming here, doing the same thing, saying the same stuff because like in Atlanta, you know, it sounded like he felt like he spread himself too thin. And when he talked about that, he points to, he talked about Adam Peters. This is why it can be different for him. All he has to do is work at managing the team and, and not having to call plays and do all that. So I think like there are definitely, he could point to changes that he's made in himself, in his, the way he operates to say that it can be better because I've learned this. Now you have to go out and do it, but yeah. you can, but like he's, you're right. Introspective, I think is a good word. Well, I mean, l- listen, I mean, it's funny. You started with how many coaching you know, press conferences have you gone to? The majority of those, I walked out feeling pretty pumped up about it, especially when it was like Marty or Spurrier or Gibbs, right. you know, I, I felt pretty good about it. Others, maybe not as much, but in those or Rivera, for that matter, I was very you know, excited about what was coming out of it. And none of them won very much here. So, you know, so like, like I'm, you know, we'll see what happens, but it's a different structure. It's a different time. It's a different ownership group. You know, they have a true GM, you know, who's not just has the title, but like can conduct the job and, you know, let's see how it goes. And I did like, I know I was laughing at recalibration. That's our first buzzword. We had the, you know, we we got to relive all the Rivera ones the last few weeks, like position flex, catch radius, all those type of things. Uh, But with recalibration, we got our first word, but I agree with that too, because I just don't think there's a such thing as a rebuild in the NFL anymore. I think you can turn things around relatively pr- uh, quickly, you know, in this league now. Um, Houston's a sign of it. Jacksonville's a sign of it. Indianapolis, even last year, just missed the playoffs. You know, I think the Bears, if they get this right, could be good next year. Like, I don't, I don't believe in this kind of rebuild thing any longer. I think the difference between the good teams and the bad teams is very slim in this league. And so I agree with that. I, I don't want them to put any kind of timeline or dates on it. And asking like asking him today, uh, you know, how long do you think it is before they're like really competitive? You don't even know what the roster looks like. So it's just a ridiculous yeah. question to even ask something like that. Like call me in August when it looks like we can figure out what the roster looks like. And then we can have a conversation about how competitive this thing can be in year one for him. But I agree with him. I just don't believe in the NFL that you need a very long time to be competitive. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Like, and especially Houston was a prime example where they won three or four games a year before, win 10. Three years in a row. <laughs> three yeah, years in a row right. they did. And they like, they clearly know. got it right with their coach and they clearly got it right with that quarterback. Right. You know, and then very, was and they're bad. extremely young and all of a sudden they're 10 and seven. You know? Right. Houston was bad before this. Let's, let's not, this is not like Houston had this great roster and they're achieving. Houston was bad for a few years. That's why they, and they kept changing coaches and structure and all that you get the right people in there and it matters. I think the big difference, and it's funny because I do remember Spurrier's presser. And I also remember that he couldn't name a damn person on that team because it's like, he had no clue what he was walking into none zero. And so I always thought he, of all that group, he and Zorn, you knew were going to be bad off the bat. But um, I think, you know, with, with, with um, Quinn, I think there's, there's often, there's there's a passion that you talk about, but yeah, because we've seen this, the proof is going to be during the fall. 
Like everything that happens here and is said now, well, do you win? Do you build a team that can win? And I think that's where the difference is. When you look at the front table, it's Josh Harris, it's it's Quinn, and it's Adam Peters. Those are the guys sitting up there today. It's not Dan Snyder, Bruce Allen, and Jay Gruden. Yeah. You know, and you, you, you know, but so there's like, no guarantees. I mean, like, like we don't know, like, like nobody knows, you know, like, and we'll find out. But if you just go off first impressions and I think the initial first impression, obviously with a lot of people was he did not fit the criteria of what they expected. They expected someone younger who hadn't been a coach before and likely an offensive minded person. None of those things happened. So that took a few days. And then it also didn't help that last week was awkward to whatever degree anybody wants to admit it or spin it or talk about it. It was, and they may never have really intended to offer the job to Ben Johnson, but they did wait to speak to him. And what he did was bare minimum unprofessional. And, you know, at worst it like really made the organization put them in a, whether he intended to or not put them in a somewhat bad light. And they have to go into a spin cycle, even if they didn't even feel like they had to go into a spin cycle. So this is, this is like, this is, you know, this is, how did it land? I don't know. I'd rather ask the fans that, honestly. For me, I didn't think it was bad hire. I knew how serious they were taking him the whole time. I think you saw how genuine and, um, you know, like that he is. And, you know, I'm, but I don't know if they're going to win or not. I haven't seen them win very much through the year. So I'm, I'm hoping they do. Yeah. And no, he was not a fallback guy. He was a guy that from the jump was a strong, strong candidate. So this was not a, Oh, this guy, poor this guy, but we don't have to rehash there. Cause like I've talked about that. So I just want to focus on like things today. The other thing, not calling defensive plays. Do you like that? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, I mean, considering, Considering who the defensive coordinator is, which he's worked with him on a previous staff in recent right. years, sure, that makes sense to me. That stuff can always change, but like, I don't know why I would go into it thinking that would be the case. So, no, I don't have a problem with that. Not on that. I don't have a problem with that. Do you? No, I no, and I don't. And I like it to be honest because one of the things, and this is again, I somebody texted me the other day, a coach in the NFL league who's coached with him, and we were just he was talking about like some of the stuff that was all being said. He goes. They had hired one of these other. Actually, I talked to him, wasn't texting. So you're like, if they had hired one of these guys, you're getting a coordinator you hope is a head coach. Said so with with Quinn, you hired a head coach. So I think that that's what it comes down to. They need him to be a head coach. And a lot of times when like when Jay was here, I remember talking to him about this. He would want to, like, he would have ideas for the defense, but he didn't really feel like he had the time to then go over there and and spend the time in some meeting rooms or things like that to go over some of this stuff, like some blitzes that, that give him problems that maybe you can do this. I think when you're a head coach, you have more time to kind of delve into other areas when you're, when it's like this, it's great to have a play call. That'd be fine. If you're obviously, I just, I think it's, I think hiring like Dan Campbell showed that this can work. John Harbaugh has shown that it can work, you know? Um, so I think there's, I like that he's taking this route. I think it's a good way to go. And there's so much that goes on with these things that it's just important that you keep your hand on both sides of the ball. Yeah, I liked I liked what he said about what he thinks his job is, which is to get everybody to be hands on the ground, like hands in. I'm doing the team. I'm not worried about anything else. Even Ron Rivera kind of admitted by the end there was a lot that was going on that would just made the job almost too much. And 
you know, to be fair to him, like, I don't know how he would have fared if he came in under this structure under, you know, who knows? Like, it's impossible to know. But what I liked what he said was because someone asked him, like, what does success look like? And he basically said, are we playing the way that I expect us to play? Physical, explosive, fast. You're going to know what you're supposed to do. We want you to be able to play fast. We want you to buy in. We want you to, you know, we want you to be part of this, want to be part of this, play hard. And if that's what they're doing, then it is a success in year one. And I just, it was, again, he hit a lot of high notes for me. And I thought someone, I just posted one of the comments up who, who said something like, we don't need a sexy pick. We need results. I agree. So long overdue for that. I 100% agree. I'm done winning the off season. Like, let's go win on the field a little bit. And I'll tell you what, like, as far as like reputations go and what, you know, one hour of a press conference sounded like to me, this guy sounds like someone who knows what he's doing and knows how to motivate people. So let's go. But not again, I'm going to stress not just him, but it's the owner and it's a GM. That's the, that is the, this is, you know, those two give it the best setup I've seen here in a few decades because of those two. Then now you got to get the coaching stuff right. And he's got to, you know, you got to fill out your staff. You got to do this and that. Speaking of the staff, the Cliff Kingsbury hire, what'd you think? Uh, it, it just, you know, when you see it like pop up like that, it screams, we're getting Caleb Williams. So I don't know that that's happening and I don't know where the bears stand on this. And I don't know, you know, like where Caleb and his people stand on all of this because they're pushing back at anybody saying like, we're trying to dictate anything at this point, but sitting at number two, um, he's first. And now all of a sudden the guy who worked directly with him is, is coming here as the offensive coordinator. And, you know, he congratulated him, which I don't want to make too much of that, but at least he likes him enough to do that. Um, I, I don't know. I'm on Caleb watch. That's what I thought about it. Outside of that, like, you know, I thought that they were an explosive offense with a uniquely skilled quarterback who I think it for the most part sounded like pretty much got along with him. And he's got this history with high tier multifaceted quarterbacks. So, you know, is, I got to go watch Arizona again now. I mean, did I, and I, did I love, it was great coach. I don't know, but like they didn't win a lot, you know, they didn't win a ton. They got to the playoffs what once under him. Um, but that said, it just, it really screams like they're going to take a run at Caleb. That's what it screamed See, to me when they hired And, and I'll be honest. I don't think it screams that not to that level because, you know, he's got experience working with young quarterbacks, but again, and I pointed this out on the podcast last night, Phil Longo runs that air raid offense. Those two are very tight. Phil Longo coached Drake May and Sam Howell. Those guys have been in this offense. So I don't, that's why I say, I don't think it screams that to me as much as it is like, could you go make that run? Sure. But I also know, you know, and nobody has told me they wouldn't. Um, but I also know, like, they know they have to build through the draft. Are they really going to, how much would you have to move up to get that? And if, if, if Caleb Williams is that good, the bears aren't trading out of that pick. So, you know, unless they, you know, I, I have a hard time believing they'd stick with Justin Fields over this, but um, I don't, I, that draft capital means a lot to them. I hear that all the time from them so far. And so that's right now, depending on what it costs, Maybe you do it because you have this guy, but I don't think they hired him just to go get Caleb Williams. No, I, I'm not saying that, but it just screamed like it, it's just too on the nose. <laughs> you know, like, yeah, like he literally got, worked with the guy last year. You know, he did, and that can be listen for 
you don't know how he that can be processed. You know, I remember like, you know, when, when Dwayne Haskins was here, everybody's like, oh, they go get Urban Meyer. He worked with them. That was going to be a reason that Urban was going to stay away. So you never know what somebody thinks of him. I don't know. And we know that Caleb Williams is a super talented kid. And maybe that, maybe it's like he loves a guy and he wants to go do it. And maybe, you know, maybe that is him. I don't know, but I don't, I don't, I'm not sitting here thinking, oh, now they're going definitely going to go get him. I don't think that, it, you know, I think you do go through it, but I think you hire him because they can, because he can develop a good, a young quarterback, whomever it is, yes. can he do that again here? And then I think the other thing that, you know, he does, Dan Quinn has known him for a while, it turns out, which I didn't realize until the press conference. Um, and it's an offense that I think has given him some fits maybe, I guess. Um, so I don't, I don't know. I just, I don't take that. Like, I think it's, there's a natural like, Oh, but I don't take it for granted that they're going to so- somehow just automatically do that. No, I don't, I don't either. And I think, you know, he's here is someone who, you know, has worked with very high level quarterbacks, multifaceted quarterbacks and has you know, excelled with them. Um, worked with Pat Mahomes, worked with Kyler Murray, worked with Caleb Williams. Um, I personally, you know, like I like the options they have too. Um, I think there there's, you know, unique subset here with either Jaden Daniels or Drake may or Caleb Williams. They all kind of do different things. Yeah. And so it's kind of pick the one you like the most. So I think they're in a very good spot there, but I believe that you go after, um, that you go after the guy you want. You don't just sit there and go, I'll take any of them. Oh, agree. You know, for me, for me early, that is Caleb Williams, but I'm with you. I don't want to pay a King's ransom to move up right. one spot, you know? So I don't want what to do that. But up? If you think this guy's going to be special and you think the other guys are going to be really, really good, then you go after the special guy. That's how I feel about it. And I think he might be, that's just my initial impression of him. I think he might be. Looking for a super offer for Super Bowl 58? DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. Bet on the big game and turn 5 bucks into 200 instantly in bonus bets. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code KIME, K-E-I-M. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get 200 instantly in bonus bets only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58 with code KIME, K-E-I-M. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance see dkng.com slash football for eligibility and deposit restrictions terms and responsible gaming resources dr wonderful and changes the name all the time is great of the qbs left to two which fits his what he wants to do offensively well clearly i just said like both these guys do i think the question is and i don't know how Jaden daniels fits completely i don't think it would be I don't know. I like he runs some at LSU. It looked like um, you know, a lot of like, certainly some zone reads, some RPO. And I think there's probably a lot of things that he could operate well in that offense. I think that's something that I want to myself need to get more uh, familiar with because that could be a guy that you have to look at. I, because I bring up the connection to the others, 
just because that just to say like, do not assume this. And then, you know, the other part, Bram, again, you're right. Like if, if it comes down, it's like, Oh, we'll just take a third round pick to move up. Okay. Perfect. But I don't think if, if that pick is for sale, you're going to get more than one team involved. And that drives up undoubtedly. Uh, yeah. undoubtedly, like they're going to get a, they're going to get a massive offer for it. it. You know, but the question is, it'll be to them. Do you want Mason Jr. and a pretty good whatever rest of package, or do you want to move down to wherever you need to go to name the team, Vikings, Raiders, whoever else it may be. Falcons. And you know, the, the, the one that really like the one that I think like sticks out to me that could be, you know, could be very enticing too would be new England. They're clearly going to go get a quarterback. So do they want to go from four to one and the bears hope Marvin Harrison lands for them at four, which is not out of the realm either. And what are they willing to pay as opposed to what Washington's willing to pay? So I, I agree like this could cost too much, but I don't know. I, in my opinion, you know, you're sitting where you are. I don't think you don't select a quarterback here. You're very rarely in this spot. I think there are very good options here, but in my opinion, I think one of them might be special and that's the one that I would go after. Well, I think I would, I would definitely agree that when you talked, when I've talked to people in the league and I don't think I need to talk to people in the league just for this, he's the guy, like there's a separator there. There's no doubt that it's, it's Caleb and then it's the others. And it's just like, but it, to me, it's like, well, okay, it's Caleb and the others, but then it's Caleb atop of, let's say you like Jaden Daniels. And is he better than Caleb? Is Caleb Williams better than Jaden Daniels plus multiple high picks that you're going to have to give up who could be impact players for you? And depending on how you view, like I know they view, feel this roster needs a lot of work, but if you have that, but here the, the thing is too, Bram, like, if you feel you have a chance to go get that guy and this is your shot, it's hard not to take it. I mean, I agree with that. I just, I'm not, but my point, my only thing is I'm not assuming they're going to go do this. Um, you know, you already have Caleb here playing for 10 years and getting the ring of fame. <laughs> I, I don't assume anything either. I'm, I'm not just like the hiring of Kingsbury, you know, kind of screamed to me that that's got to be in play. It already kind of was. Anyway. Oh, I think it was already in play. It was already in play, but you know, here's, you know, if they did want to try to attract him here, he did just work with him, you know, and they did actually want to try to acquire him. They wouldn't get the guy he doesn't like. So, you know, it does, it does feel like, you know, that it it adds up to, they'd like to take a run at this. It doesn't mean that the bears are going to trade it. It doesn't mean the bears will trade it to them. So we'll just have to see how that kind of works out. You know, outside of that, I agree with you. I think they need a lot of help with the roster for sure. Um, I think there's a lot of spots. They do have some cap room to work with. They do have a lot of work to do. I don't envy Adam Peters here in year one. He's got a tremendous amount of work to do. He's got a lot of contracts to try to navigate. He's got to fill out a roster before free agency hits. And so they've got a lot of work to do. They do. And and to be clear, again, if you think he's the guy and you think he could be special, they're like, you know what? We, you're not going to have this chance again for a few years to get a guy of this talent. Then you've got to make a run. And but, you know, I think it just depends. We won't know. I don't think, I'm not sure Chicago knows exactly what they're doing or certainly hasn't communicated that. And they wouldn't to me anyways, or to you. So, but it's hard to believe that they wouldn't take Caleb Williams. And I, I think the thing I'd worry for this fan base is Caleb Williams going to become the next Ben Johnson for them chasing this one, you know, person 
that then ends up somewhere else or stays. And, you know, my own belief with Ben Johnson is if, if somebody's kind of doing went about it that way, maybe you dodge something this time. So, you know, who knows? We don't know. We'll know. We'll see how this all plays out. You know what? Uh, I, there, there are some offensive coordinators can change the game. Um, it's rare. Um, and you don't know it until they get there. Oh do it but like i could look at the quarterbacks and go that guy might change, might change everything for you so hard Caleb, comparison listen, there ben johnson Caleb Williams. it was right no absolutely listen if they did that it'd be really exciting for this area again um because i mean that's what the kid brings so it would be very interesting to watch so what about joe witt any any impressions there so um yes i mean you know Obviously, like the to go back to the play calling thing, like I'm very comfortable with what he's doing because this guy's worked with him directly yeah. in Atlanta, in Dallas. He knows, you know, they're on the same page. So that's that's the good news. Second, um, our first round pick last year was Emmanuel Forbes. Uh, we need to find out what he's all about. And this is the best possible scenario for all of us and for them to find out what he's all about. These guys have turned corners into turnover machines. They had Trayvon Diggs, high-level talent, you know, of like his level, Forbes' supposed level, at least draft level, um, break team records for interceptions in a season. And then the next year, turned a fifth-round pick into the guy who had the most pick sixes in the history of the NFL in a single season. So, you know, from this perspective, like the guy who should be ecstatic about what happened today is Emmanuel Forbes. And we're going to find out what he is all about in the very, very, very near future. And, you know, listen, Quinn's defenses speak for themselves with the amount of turnovers that happen. Like I actually, when I get a chance to talk to him personally, I want to ask him about this. Like it is uncanny how many they cause and it's happened through the years. So it's not a coincidence anymore. Like sometimes they're luck and sometimes they're this, sometimes they're that, but it just has too many. It's happened too many times. So I want talk to him about it and so we drafted Forbes for to be a ball hawking corner who makes picks and turns games upside down so I'm excited for him to come back in year two in a situation like this where he should have the opportunity to thrive I think that's a good point I'll be curious to see how what the impact is on him because with Witt a lot of it was the he's a defensive pass game coordinator so the coverage schemes are going to come from him and that's something that will could benefit Forbes for sure I wouldn't write off a guy after one year. I think you have, I have big questions about him. I, I don't like, I really am a big fan of Quan Martin. I, I yes. have a lot of questions about Emmanuel Forbes, not how he handled the situation, but can he get to the level they need? Is he going to be able to do the work? I think they missed Chris Harris a lot last year. And it's funny, Brand, because one of the yeah. things that, that they missed um, with, with him was the ability to tell. And this is something that, that came up in the presser about, guys playing like making it so guys understand so they can play fast so there were things that were going on that in the past that chris harris could tell del rio this these guys can't do that you can't ask them to do that they can't play fast that way you can't ask them to do that he would push back on things they missed that this past year because one of the things that kept going is the worse it got the more complicated they seemed to make it and they played they would you see the mess ups so I think that's a, I think Wit brings a lot of good coverage um, schemes and, and a reputation for that. So I think that's going to help them as well. 
Yeah. I like, listen, one of the, there's a lot with what happened over the last couple of years, but for some reason that scheme that they were playing was just too complicated. I mean, that that's part of it, right? It's part of it. And I like that was one of the home runs I thought Quinn hit today. And he didn't mean it this way, but you know, it wasn't to take a shot at what was happening in the past, but he basically said, we're going to simplify it for everybody. We want you to be able to play fast. We do not want you thinking what you're supposed to do. If you are, it's too late. You're beat. Welcome to the NFL. Like these guys are too good. You give them an ounce of separation and you're done, especially when you're playing someone like CeeDee Lamb or AJ Brown, you're done. Right. So I liked hearing all of that. And obviously the defense that he's had in Dallas, particularly, and then in Atlanta, a lot of people putting comments about his last game. Yeah. One good. Um, if you judge everybody, then why are you upset about Ben Johnson not being here then? Because their last game, they blew a 17-point lead and they scored seven points in the second half and it came in the in the last minute when the game was over. So, like, or like we, you could do this to anybody if you really Sean want Mc, to. I keep saying, tell me, like, Sean McVay's last game here, they scored 10 points with Kirk at quarterback. Now, it's against the Giants. Everybody blames Kirk. Sean was the offensive coordinator. It was, it was two of the last three games, they scored a combined 25 points. And I would hire McVay 10 times out of 10 after that. Of course. Because it's not being a head coach is not like, yes, it was a bad game. Every single coach, like people wanted, wanted Vrabel. Vrabel's, he lost like four of his last five games, something like that. So yeah. you don't, don't apply it selectively. Yes, like if you're a coach, you don't want that to happen. It was a bad game and it was a bad look. And if you don't come here and be better against the run, it's it could be, you know, that becomes an issue. But it's not going to be because like, oh my God, the Green Bay game exposed him. He was there for three years. That defense, like that defense was bad before he got there and was really good afterwards. And yes, Micah Parsons, terrific talent, but somebody's got to get him in that spot. And so, you know, it wasn't, and it's just how do you use the guy? So that that like if you don't think he's a good hire, I don't care. But don't use one game as like, oh my God, this is why. No, that's not how it works. But yeah. again, Ben Johnson, two his last two games in the second half, they weren't good. But and I would have and if that guy had a, if that guy and here's the other thing, there's a lot of narratives with him, and be careful and understand when people are saying things and where they're probably coming from if they're trying to protect a guy. So just having said that, he's a guy that if he had interviewed well and he's and he been named the head coach, everybody had been going crazy. And I would have said, yeah, I'd like, I like the hire because I think he's a really good offensive mind. But I wouldn't sit there and say, oh my gosh, the last two games, his offenses did nothing in the second half of playoff games. It's not how it goes. A head coach is different. Dan, Dan Quinn will be the head coach here, not a defensive architect or play caller. And yeah. he was a very good one at that. Yeah. You know, we'll see how it goes. I mean, they have, yeah. they got a lot of work to do from here. I need to see what their roster looks like. You know, it's going to be remade. I know that I know they didn't say rebuild and I agree with that. There's kind of no such thing in the NFL anymore, but this is like, should be a lot of different faces here. Like a lot with through the draft free agency. Um, you know, there's going to be a lot of turnover. There's a lot of contracts that expired. I remember Red talking about this last year and there were so many guys not under contract and I'm like, let's see who they sign. And then the off season was wonky and then they didn't really do any. And I remember sitting there going, this is a tinderbox. Like you have too many guys not under contract. Well, now here we are, you know, where all these guys aren't under contract. So let's see. That's let's see. a big deal. And it's going to, you know, at the end of the year, Sam Cosby even said, it's going to look like a really a, a new team next year. Like those guys, 
And 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 Dan Quinn said that Matt Ryan, the first year, walked in there. It's like it feels like you're walking into a new team. He's like that was what he wanted because you know you do want it to feel different, you know, and that's without bashing people who are before. But you want it to feel different because there's a, you're here because they need a change. Period. So it will be. I mean. There's a lot of work to be done. You have to find defensive ends. You're going to remake the offensive line. I think that's going to be the big thing, Bram, over the next few months is, you know, what do you do with because of Kingsbury's offense? How do you what kind of personnel do you need to go get to fit that? And, yes. you know, and who do you bring back? And someone brought up Fuller, Gibson and Curl. Like I'm a big fan of Kendall Fuller. I don't know if the knees with how long they're going to hold up. The kid, the guy can still play. And Cam Curl, I would try to bring back at the right price. Gibson, I, I would I would imagine he's probably going to go. I think you probably draft a couple of guys, but I don't know that for sure. That's just that would be a guess, knowing that they probably want to get somebody who can operate out of that air raid type style offense um, in that kind of a back. They have to draft or go into free agency get an edge rusher. They have to draft or go into free agency and get two to three offensive linemen. Uh, they have to draft or go into free agency and get a tight end. Um, and then I'm, I'm still assuming that that number two overall pick is quarterback. Like, I just, I think it's going to be. And I don't know how you don't, honestly, with the three choices that are sitting there. It's going to be hard not to do that. It really is. I, I like Sam too. It's just, it's going to be hard not to, you're rarely in this spot. And this happens to be a year with very, very, very good prospects at the position. I, I don't know how you don't take one. Um but, you know, so we'll see what happens from there. But we got a long way to go. And they do have a lot of cap space to work with. They could maneuver the picks that they have a little bit to try to either move up and down and gain more capital. Um, we'll see what kind of interest there is in the free agent market and what they're going to do. But there are, you know, four or five prominent things that need to happen. So, you know, often that doesn't lead to quick turnaround. But listen, you never know. I mean, we end up picking using the second overall pick on somebody who's ahead of the curve, like CJ Stroud. Maybe we're more competitive than people are giving him credit for early. I and I say this, I'm an Ohio State alum. CJ Stroud is ahead of these guys as a passer, but doesn't mean they can't come in and make an impact. So, and I've talked I've talked to people about that, like how they would rank it. And but it doesn't mean that a May or Daniels or whomever they get. The other thing, and the last thing I'll talk about too with the quarterbacks, and then we can wrap this up. The one thing with whoever you pick at two, the good thing for them is that Hall has played in this offense. So even if he's not a starter here, he can still help them because one of the things that Hall is really good in that room. And I just I think he's a mature player and kid. I don't think he's going to come in and feel like and pout if he's not a starter here or something like that. I think he'd handle it very well. I think he'd be good at helping somebody learn an offense that that he has played in in college. And then it'd be curious to do you do something in, the, in with free or with free agent, maybe a guy that Kingsbury knows well or something like that. I don't know, but I do think that's a benefit to Howell having played in this offense that may, in, at least in college, and it's, it's evolved, but at least he has experience in it and knows how to operate it. I think that's a help too. So we'll see where it goes, Bram. But uh, it, you know, uh, it's all listen. You have to win the presser, but you've got to win during the season. Yeah, And, you know, again, you're right. Like I, we've both seen a lot of these coaches who come here, Gibbs with the red carpet, Spurrier with all the, you know, the Spurrierisms and the excitement with that. And, you know, Marty with the passion and Joe with just Joe and, and then Zorn with maroon and black. 
you talk about somebody who lost it. By the way, and just a real quick thing on that, too, because you remember the other thing, it wasn't just the maroon and black with Zorn. It was he sat up there and was applauding the whole, remember the 10-man tribute to Sean Taylor? Yeah. Well, Joe Gibbs was not told about that, so it did not sit well with him because they didn't tell him they were going to do that. So he wasn't too happy about it. And Zorn and his presser is like gushing about Joe and doing this 10-man tribute to Sean. I was standing by Gibbs. I was standing on the side. The place was packed. And I could just see Gibbs' face kind of turning red. But it was like, oh, dude, man. You felt like you plucked somebody's neighbor from a backyard barbecue and said, here, be a head coach. That was, was, um, of all the press conferences we had, the introduction ones, that was the one where I walked out going, we're not going to win. (laughs) Of all, all the other ones, I was... Either, either listen, it's either Shanahan, Marty, Joe yes. Spurrier, like who didn't know? I didn't know, but like it was hoopla around him. Like who didn't, who didn't, who thought right. the hiring was bad at the time when they did it? Right. Or even with Jay, like it didn't inspire a ton of coverage, but I was not like, I'm not open-minded to it or Rivera, the Zorn one, because <laughs> of all, it was just, I walked out of there going, we're not going to win. Like, I just, I just know it. So how long is this going to last? I don't know, but that's the worst feeling on earth that when you walk out of that first day and you go, Oh man, like, it's just, this is not going to happen. I do remember that. Cause I remember you and I, cause the, at back at that time, we were still how our impression was in the building. Still it's about a 50 foot walk from the, from the auditorium to the press room. And I remember you, I remember you, I remember specifically you saying that this is going to be a disaster. <laughs> and, but the funny thing is they started six and two, and then just the way Zorn thought, they're six and two or six and three at this time. They had a couple guys hurt, and somebody asked him when they're coming back. And he started talking about, well, we've got to rest them up for the playoffs. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? And at that moment, it's like, well, they're they're effed because there's no chance. If you're already thinking like that, you got no chance. Gibbs would never have said that. Gibbs, remember when Joe White asked him an innocent question about playing the Niners, and like Mike Nolan was on the other side, like, did you, do you know Mike Nolan? Something like that. Something innocent. And Gibbs went off for five minutes about how everybody's saying we're going to roll over the Niners and they're they're terrible, blah, that's not going to happen, blah, 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 blah. And he was livid about him. Like, that's why this guy is a Hall of Fame football coach. That intensity, that passion. And, and then, they, of course, they go out and they rolled the 49ers, but it was how pissed he was at it. Anyways, I don't know why I'm getting off on that, but. Um, it was just a contrast to Zorn, and it was pretty stark. Today uh, is uh, was way better than that. <laughs> yes, yes. It I was. feel like we got a very competent head coach in here who genuinely wants this job, genuinely wants to prove himself again, genuinely believes he's a better coach now than he was the first time around, did not walk in here and say, I have all the answers, but said, I've asked a lot of people to help me find them and got somebody who walked in here and said, I'm ready to do my job and I'm ready to watch everybody else who's up on this dais with me to do their job too. Like it was a good day. Um, yep. Does it mean it's, you know, that we're heading towards winning times again? I really, really, really hope so. It's been too long. Um, I, but it can't be any guarantee of that. That said, um, I did like today and off of the week that was a little, little bit awkward and you know it goes without saying that they didn't land with some of the fan base i think the way they wanted to um i thought today was a much more i hope inspiring indication of what's to come here and that's why i said like i don't really know what the fan reaction was. i was busy doing a show and then i was doing this and i haven't really checked in on everybody's pulse after hearing him for an hour 
But I walked out of there impressed. And I also call the games and am an optimist and want them to be good. And so I'm going to root for the guy. <laughs> you know. But like he did nothing to make me feel like apprehensive about the hire. It does, I, I get it. They wanted a communicator and a leader. You saw that. You know, you saw it. And I felt it. And I'm hoping it carries over. And I'm hoping this team is better. That's all. Yep. And the last word for me that, and you hit on it too, the best coaches surround themselves with good people and find people who can't do things that maybe they can do. Joe Gibbs was a master at that. And, you know, we'll see how he builds out this staff because coordinators, like I'm intrigued by wit. I, I really like that. Kingsbury, I want to see what that offense does here. And, you know, I think he's got a good reputation as a coach. I know um, some people in Arizona who play for him who love him. So we'll see, but I don't, I don't, you know, I'm pretty low on my research on him at this point, but I mean, I'm intrigued by it and to see where it goes in the draft with it. But again, with Quinn, I think the key is know what you know and what you, and, and, and if you don't know something, find somebody who does. And I think he seems to have that mentality here. It gives you a chance. It gives you a chance. And um, you're right though. It's, it's been a long time for these fans. And the last thing too, I'm glad that they didn't, they did not seem bothered or um, swayed by all the public opinion, whether media or fans last week, they stuck to what their process was. You know, when I, cause I talked to people throughout that I didn't, I think I sensed a, why are people going crazy like this versus a, Oh my gosh, what's going yeah. on as the other owner probably would have done. So anyways, Bram, that's it for me. Thanks to everybody for joining me. Thanks for Bram again for giving up a lot of time tonight for the for you guys and for the show. Um, I will be back on Wednesday morning with another episode. So can I I'll, say one thing before oh, we go? Go ahead. I'm going to be on Radio Row in Vegas ah. uh, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. So you can check out my show okay. on ESPN 6:30 Wednesday, Thursday, Friday from Radio Row. Also, thank you all to the new members. I'm really pumped about all of that as well. And then, sorry I hijacked your show. Back to you. <laughs> No, that's a good way. That's a great way to close it. Any any guests on Radio Row that you know already? Holy moly. Uh, it is wild. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, God. Sean Merriman's supposed to join me. Marcus Williams of the Ravens is supposed to join me. Brad Edwards, old Redskin legend, is supposed to join me. Mike Lombardi, Jonathan Ogden is supposed to join me. So it's, it's fluid. There's a He's lot of things that you've been out there for this. There's a lot of people that come on. But that's just for now what's happening. I think Rod Woodson's going to join me too. So we got, it's going to be a crazy, crazy week. And I've already told the commanders, if anybody's out there, please, please, please stop by. So hopefully I'll get a couple of the members of the organization too. I know London's going to be there. So I'm going to wrangle him to come on the show too. And there you go. And again, like I reiterate what Bram said, thanks to all the people who joined, signed up for memberships. Very excited about that. And so there you go. I'll talk to you next time, folks. 